Welcome to episode 14 of Matthewlinity, critical study of Matthew and masculinity. This is part three of a five-part look at Matthew chapter two. Hopefully just a, f- a few more weeks and I'll be on to chapter three. Okay, so I'll just read aloud this unit of the text, verse 13 to verse 15. Now, after they had gone away, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared in a dream to Joseph, saying, Get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and stay there until I tell you. For Herod is about to seek the child to destroy him. So he got up and took the child and his mother during the night and went away to Egypt. And he was there until the death of Herod, in order that what was said by the Lord through the prophet would be fulfilled, saying, Out of Egypt I called my son. So, all right, so part three, we've uh, we've got to the middle part of, of Matthew chapter two. So there's five parts in Matthew chapter two, and each part ends with a reference to something that God has said or something that the prophets has have said, either directly quoting it or indirectly referencing it. And so this is why I think it, it um, divides naturally into five parts. Uh, I could just call them five units, five parts. I've just called them part one, part two, part three, part four, part five. And so what I'd like to do for part three is to look at the way that it ends and the way that it begins. Uh, so let's begin with the ending because that's <laughs> that's the thing that really stands out as why why does it say out of Egypt? Out of Egypt... I've called my son. I've got, I've, I called my son out of Egypt. It's a reference to... Well, originally it's a reference to Israel. Israel came out of Egypt. Like, they gained their own identity as a nation by getting out of Egypt. Um, they wanted to get out of Egypt. They needed to get out of Egypt. Uh, it was difficult. It was a very difficult process, and they weren't quite sure that... <laughs> It was really going to be worth it. And, I mean, yeah, it's a very long long story, um, uh, mainly found in the book of Exodus. But this is a quote from Hosea, who is referencing the, the beginning of the nation coming out of Egypt. Uh, they got out of Egypt. Now, there's a, there's a lot going on here in this reference. It, it, it initially seems like, um, hang on, they haven't got out of Egypt yet, so it doesn't seem to be the right time to mention it. So stay there until you get out of Egypt. And this is this fulfilled the time that our Hosea says, out of Egypt I called my son. There's, there's a lot of levels here. that I don't think I've got time in this short episode to really go into the, the different levels. But one of the levels is... Uh, the, the reference is telling us that, that they will get out of Egypt. Because if you think of the first Joseph, uh, so at the end of the book of Genesis, the first Joseph has 
brought his family into Egypt. And then they, they're struggling to get out in the, in, in the book of Exodus. Uh, how, how, how are they going to get out of Egypt? Well, here we've got a story about the second Joseph taking his family into Egypt. But he's going to get out. We know he's going to get out. The prophecy that he's received from the angel says it's just temporary. You're just going to stay there for a little little bit. You're going to get another message soon to, to, to say that you can you can get out of there. So you know, on one level, we, we, we're being told, look, they're not going to get stuck. Like last time, they got stuck in Egypt. Joseph's family got stuck in Egypt. This time, this Joseph's family, they're not going to get stuck because we know how the story is going to continue. They're, they're going to get out, um, and it's not going to be a long stay this time. It's not going to be hundreds of years. It's just going to be just going to be a short time until Joseph hears from the next message. Uh, yeah, so on one level, it's operating as if Jesus is replaying the role of Israel. Jesus is Israel, which is another reason why the reference works. Because if Jesus is replaying this role of Israel, if Israel is called my son by Hosea, then um, Jesus can also be called my son. So the, here, Jesus is not simply Joseph's son, Joseph, Joseph, inheriting Joseph's lineage, uh, inheriting this Abrahamic Davidic lineage. Jesus is is the son that that represents the whole of Israel. Some, somehow Jesus is being identified as Israel. But the first time getting out of Egypt was difficult. And uh, there's, there's many verses of Scripture talking about, you know, the process of getting out of Egypt or the reference to not going back, not looking to go back into Egypt. And it's not a, it's not a referencing, it's not, not saying, you know, that Israelites can't go and live in Egypt. It's, it's when someone like Hosea says, yeah, you're going to end up going back to Egypt, it's, it's referring to, or don't go back to Egypt, it's, it's referring to the uh, political alliances of getting reabsorbed back into the Egyptian empire um, don't go backwards don't don't like the whole idea of getting out of Egypt was to extract Israel to be out so to, so as to become its own identity god-given nationhood or peoplehood and this was yeah, this is something that you know, you don't want to undo that. Like, don't undo that. So there's often warnings about don't go back to Egypt. It's not reference to physically not stepping foot in Egypt. That's not what it's talking about at all. It's a theological message about the idea was to get out. And once you're out, don't reverse that. Don't reverse that process and look to just becoming reabsorbed into Egypt and just becoming like just another extension of, of, of the Egyptian empire. Um, so these verses that talk about don't go back into Egypt, yeah, it's, or that you will end up going back to Egypt, it's, it's a reference to becoming like Egypt or re-subscribing to Egypt. Uh, not necessarily the, the physical place, but the, the philosophy and the mentality of what was the Egypt that they got out of. So getting out of Egypt, yeah, it's loaded with a lot of uh, theological import. But I, I, yeah, I haven't got time in this short episode to to go in into it all. 
the other aspect, the other, the other level that, that it's working on, is if we, if we think about who who is behaving as Egypt, uh, we might think, oh well, it's about Joseph going into Egypt. He hasn't he hasn't got out of Egypt yet. Why is it saying? Well, therefore, it fulfills out of Egypt. I called my son. What? Why is it saying that when it's really like maybe we should have chosen a different? Like, I mean, if you think about choosing a, a different verse, that would probably, I would probably immediately think, oh, let's choose a verse about going into Egypt at this at this point of the story. Um, but if you think, think about getting out of Egypt, also operates in terms of Israel getting out of Egypt. If Jesus is Israel getting out of Egypt, then Herod is like the Pharaoh who is trying to kill baby Jesus and it's not safe to be in Egypt, uh, i.e. Jerusalem is behaving like Egypt did in the book of Exodus. So if Herod the king is like the Pharaoh trying to kill baby Jesus, which we'll talk about next time in part four, uh, then it also works on another level of getting out of Egypt is, means get, a, get out of the reach of Jerusalem. It's not safe. It's not, it's not safe to be in Jerusalem. And so this leads me to talk about the beginning of this unit, where again we've we've been told about the the danger. Uh, so it might just sound like it says that the Magi, having departed, having having left, but this word departed left, is is the word that will occur several times in Matthew when Jesus retreats from hostility. Uh, there's a few hostile moments where it says that Jesus retreats, Jesus withdraws. So this is the word withdraw. So we've just been told at the end of the previous unit that the Magi retreated to their own country. They went, they didn't go back through Jerusalem, they went another way. And now we've got having retreated or having withdraw, withdrawn, uh, another reference. And each time it's indicating, look, there's, there's danger. They're withdrawing from danger. Uh, they've been warned in a dream uh, not to go back to Jerusalem. And so they're going back a different way. They're, they're avoiding Herod. They're avoiding Jerusalem because of danger. And so we've been told this at the end of the previous unit and the beginning of this unit. And so when we hear in the middle of the unit that it says that Herod is trying to kill the child, this it's not so surprising because we've just been warned twice about there is danger coming from Jerusalem um, in the form of Herod. There are forces in Jerusalem, namely Herod and his soldiers, who are dangerous to this child. And so we've already been hinted at it twice at the end of the previous unit and the beginning of this unit so that when we hear in the middle of this unit, it's not, not so surprising. Uh, we don't usually translate it as withdraw, retreat. We just usually translate it as depart. And I think I think we kind of miss the hint of danger. So it does seem like a, a little bit surprising when we hear about Herod's wanting to kill the child. I mean, if, if we know the story, then it's not surprising. But if we've never read the story before, 
then it might seem surprising if we missed those hints of this word withdraw, retreat. So, okay, they're, they're the two main points that I wanted to highlight for part three of Matthew chapter two. Um, I probably should say something about masculinity. I haven't said anything about masculinity for the first two parts of Matthew chapter two. Uh, we've got a lot of masculinity on display here. There's not very much about Mary. It just says, and his mother. That's the only reference we've got. Um, and his mother, and his mother. Um, that's, 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 that's as much as we hear. Um, we've got reference to Israel being called God's son, and Jesus, by implication, being the son, uh, namely Israel, God's nation, that, that's uh, inheriting this special uh, status of, of being a, a, a nation uh, set apart by God. Well, the the nation isn't always referred to in masculine terms. Sometimes Israel can be referred to in feminine terms. But here we have masculine terms. It's a, it's it's quite a, a masculine chapter, focusing on just like chapter one was very much focusing on masculinity. Chapter two is continuing the the theme, looking at what what are the men doing. So, what's happening with Jesus, the son? What's happening with Herod? Who, in the, in the next part, we're going to Herod is is called uh, the father of his son. Yeah. So, in terms of masculinity, it is again highlighting what's going on with the men. What what are the men doing? What's Joseph doing? What's Herod doing? Jesus Jesus is is still an infant. So Jesus is being taken from place to place. He's not really doing any, anything at, at this point. Uh, things are happening to him. Um, he's not. Um, so we've got this anticipation, but they're still they're still quite passive. They're still that these are things that are happening to Jesus or to the Son. Uh, yeah. Anyway, so I think one of the reasons for highlighting the masculine roles in this story is to compare and contrast the kind of figure of Joseph and Herod. Joseph is a father, and Herod is a father. We find out in part four that Herod has a son, and that son is seems to be continuing on Herod's legacy. And still seem and seems to be uh, someone to be feared uh, in terms of danger. The contrast that's already being developed that is important for the whole book to be contrasting the kind of masculinity that is being put on display throughout Matthew. When you when we see it playing out with Herod, Herod's deciding what other people should be doing, and then he's forcing enforcing these these things that that he thinks. Is, is is a good idea, but that they're they're bad ideas. That as they play out, we see that no, that's that's terrible. That's that's horrible. That's not a, a recommended kind of masculinity. 
So Herod's intention to destroy, to kill, this is suspect. This is not being held up as a good example, as a recommended kind of masculinity. This is a scary, toxic kind of masculinity that's being highlighted. Also, by contrast, what's being highlighted is Joseph's kind of masculinity, which is to protect the vulnerable uh, and to listen listen to the divine voice of what what is it that needs to be done that is in a subservient humble way uh, aligning oneself with victims yeah so if we've got this clear contrast between Herod as a father as a man who is dangerous and Joseph as a father and a man who is safe. That's all for this episode. Thank you for listening. 